What's up, guys? Another episode of the podcast. Uh, we're usually supposed to do one a week. I think that's what the schedule is going to be. But Adam requested vehemently that we do a emergency episode because of uh, something that went down with the New York Mets baseball team. Would you like to inform the world that doesn't know already? Uh, yeah, I would love to. Uh, the New York Mets traded Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green for superstar top three, top two shortstop in the entire game, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco from the Cleveland Indians. Now, so you say superstar, but I feel like that's kind of an understatement based on what you told me about this guy. Yeah, so for the record, Jav doesn't watch a whole lot of baseball. I am a diehard Mets fan, so obviously I'm pumped like crazy. So I have to kind of explain to Jav and how massive this trade is for the Mets and New York as a whole. Well, listen, I, I got a call a couple of days ago mm-hmm. from uh, from you, very mm-hmm. excited. And I was like, oh, man, I, I wonder what happened with the Giants mm-hmm. or, or with the Knicks, maybe. And then you start talking to me about uh, Francisco Lindor, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And you're like, yo, the, the best shortstop in baseball. It's like it's like if we got Jason Tatum. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, this, this is pretty serious now. Yeah, that, right. yeah. that was my uh, comparison for basketball. It's like training for Jason Tatum right now. Both in their prime, both young, both superstars. Probably one of the best at their positions. That was, that was uh, I think that was a pretty good uh, comparison for baseball reference, for basketball reference. Yeah. So let me just let me just break it down. Francisco Lindor is twenty-seven. For baseball, that's very young. That's you still have another seven years in your prime, or what, or not? Eight years. So he's twenty-seven years old. Plays platinum level defense at shortstop. So if you're not familiar, there's gold gloves in, in baseball, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So if you win enough gold gloves or your defense is elite of the elite, you get the platinum glove. So the next tier up. I was about to ask what the platinum glove is because that's just yeah. elite. That is elite. He's a two-time platinum glove winner. Four-time all-star. At 27 years old, about to hit his prime. Yeah, I mean... And, that- Sounds pretty it, good. Yeah. He's, he's, and he has, he has the superstar it factor to him. So mm-hmm. some players, like Jacob DeGrom's on the Mets, the best pitcher in baseball, right? Yeah. But he doesn't. he's kind of quiet to himself, you know? This guy is like a lightning rod, you know? Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got the charisma and shit. Yeah, and he has, a, he's, he has a great smile. That's what he's known for. They call him Mr. Smiles. Okay. He got a beautiful smile. Good-looking guy. Face of the franchise-type player, you know? Mm-hmm. So, they traded two shortstops, Jimenez and Rosario, in the trade. Yeah. So, we'll talk about them in a little later, but I just wanted to bring up that the fact that the fact that they traded two shortstops who had control, team control, for the next couple of years suggests that the Mets are all in and trying to re-sign him and get him in a big contract extension because... If you didn't know, he's only one year left on his contract and they free agent. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so he will play the 2021 season as a Met. And then after the season in October, he becomes a free agent. But I think the fact that they traded kind of, you know, his replacements already in the trade for him, 
that I think that heavily suggests that they're very, very um, high on trying to extend him, and they're very confident. Yeah, you know, because sure. yeah, because if you trade for him and he walks, guess what? You don't have Rosario Jimenez to back him up no more. So mm-hmm. I think they're very, very bullish on the fact that they believe they can resign him, and a contract will probably look ten years, three hundred mil. That's probably what he'll get because he's that kind of player. Thirty mil so, a year. Huh. Thirty million a year. Yeah. So for reference, Mookie Betts, right? Very, very similar trade. He was on the last year of his deal, superstar. Went from Red Sox to Dodgers. He got, I believe, twelve years, three hundred sixty-five million. Jesus. So, but Mookie Betts is better than Lindor. Mookie Betts is second best player in baseball, I think, in my opinion. Who's behind one? Mike Trout? Okay. So he got three sixty-five. So Lindor is a little less of a player than him. Mookie Betts also won MVP. Lindor hasn't won an MVP, even though he's been a like a finalist once or twice. Yeah. So he'll probably be about 300, 310 range. Okay. All right, but so that's probably what extension looked like. Um, I'm just gonna put it if they don't re-sign him, I think this trade will probably be looked in a different way. But I, re- I, I, I'm confident that the Mets will get the contract extension done. Um, I think it's definitely priority number one for them right now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about on the field. So that was the trade. That was uh, let's talk about more. What are you getting in Francisco Lindor? So you're getting the platinum glove, right? We talked about. That means yeah. he's playing the best defense at shortstop. Him or Trevor Story on the Rockies, probably the two best defensive shortstops. For offense, you're getting 30 home run, 30 home runs a year, about 90 to 100 RBIs a year. He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit his doubles. A year is about 40 doubles a year. He's hitting his batting average in his career is 285. I mean, the guy's electric. He hit 30 home runs at the shortstop position, driving 100 runs almost every year, and play platinum defense. That isn't that's upper echelon of MLB talent right there. Mm-hmm. So you get in that, and not to sleep on Carlos Carrasco at all, but he was a big, big part of the trade because the Mets really desperately needed starting pitching. And he is a very good, very solid, very consistent starting pitcher who's battled with leukemia, mm-hmm. beat it. I think it was leukemia. It was, it was a cancer. I think it was leukemia. Beat it, came back, pitched his ass off, and had a good 2019-2020 season. And he's just good. And he's only making 10 mil, 12 mil a year for the next three years. And one of those years is a team option. So it's not that much for the caliber starting pitcher you're getting out of him. So the Mets drastically upgrade the shortstop position. Drastically. They're getting a superstar talent. And they're getting a very solid, reliable, number two, number three type starter in Carrasco to fit behind Jake DeGrom, the best uh, pitcher in baseball. Stroman, who's probably going to, he's back, probably going to be penciling at the number two. And then you squeeze in Carrasco right there at the number three and you're looking at a one, two, three. That's really good to start the season. So, very great trade, very, very great trade. Talk about the players we gave up. Rosario, four years in the majors, hasn't really. He's number one prospect in all of baseball a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Never lived up to hype. Okay. Never. So, it's been four years, and 
you really haven't seen he has so much potential right but he's doesn't have doesn't uh progress as a player in terms of he still struggles on the field he doesn't draw a lot of walks he's kind of he swings out a lot of balls offensively he hasn't really grown since his rookie year so i think he was more of a a throw-in in this deal, you know, maybe, you know, like a boomer bust kind of trade chip, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they unlock something. Maybe he plays every day and he figures it out or something. I mean, the thing is, right, mm-hmm. Lindor only has one year on his contract, like you said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, was he, like, unhappy with the, the Cleveland baseball team? Oh, okay. So, if you don't know, the Cleveland Indians were trying to trade him last season because – they felt like they couldn't extend him because okay. they didn't want to pay him 300 mil. That's what he was asking for. So they tried to trade him last year. They don't, which I think that was a huge mistake by them, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> they didn't trade him last year. They go into the season, he plays. Now this season, he only has one year left, and they know for a fact they're not, they can't extend him. Because of the COVID-19 things and everybody's uh, took a big hit financially and Cleveland isn't really known for being a big spender. They're usually always cutting costs every year. Yeah. So they were like, we can't pay this guy. Let's try to just trade him and try to get something back to, to build for the future, which is very common in baseball when you have small market teams and superstar players on their last year of the deal, on their rookie contract, right? So they had to shed. So in baseball, there's arbitration, right? So mm-hmm. he Lindor was on his last year of arbitration, which means – he doesn't get paid like a rookie. He gets paid like someone comparable in the in baseball, you know? So he was going to get paid like $20 million this year. About $20 mil. And Carlos Carrasco was making 10 to $12 million. I think he was making $12 million a year. So for the Cleveland Indians to shut off $34 million, it was very huge. They needed to get that off their uh, payroll because, like I said, they're dealing. everybody in baseball is dealing with financial restraints right now. Except for the Mets, who are spending spending a lot of money right now, but they're unique. Uh, so they had a, they were trying to shave off the thirty four million on the payroll. They're trying to cut costs. They're trying to build for the future, and the Mets just were in a prime opportunity, right? They have a billion fourteen billion dollar owner who did not face any financial um, losses this year because he didn't own the Mets this year. He just bought them right now, yeah. back in. Back in what was it, October or November? So Mets just found themselves in a very unique situation, and they capitalized on. They got a superstar player for not a great return, you know, and a good and a good starting pitcher. Yeah, I was gonna say too. I heard that uh, the pitcher you guys got was pretty good. He's really, you know, he's very uh, like he's very solid. He's not. I don't. He's not great. He's not your best pitcher on a rotation. Yeah, but he's you put him right in the middle. And he'll do pretty good. And he'll be pretty good. And he has a little bit of upside where he can overachieve and be a great starting pitcher for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. And he's a great personality, too. He's a great guy. Just you watch baseball, you hear about him. The Cleveland Indians loved him. And like I said, he battled cancer and beat it. That's, that's, you know, that's badass, you know? Yeah, he's a fighter. Yeah, he's a fighter, for real. It's, that's, he's, he's a great guy. So That's what's up. So let me go back to the trade details. So we trade Rosario, who... Four years, he's hasn't progressed at all. Kind of, a, I think he was kind of a throw-in in this deal. I don't think he was a, necessarily the main part of the deal. I think the main part was Jimenez, who was a rookie last year. Really showed he was really good 
for the Mets last year. He turned some heads. But he doesn't have the upside as like Rosario did, or he's not. A, he's never going to be a superstar like Lindor is. So if you trade for Lindor, you don't really need him, you know? So he's a great glove. I think he'll be an average hitter. You know, I really didn't want to part with him, but when you get in Lindor, you have to you have to give to get, you know? Yeah, definitely. And the two prospects were very young prospects. I think like 18, 19. They're not going to be in the majors for another five, six years, probably four years. So I liked Isaiah Green, though. I think he'll be good, but, you know, those are prospects. We'll see what they are five years. You can't really – you can say you like them, but you don't know what they're going to turn out to do. So mm-hmm. all in all, I think the Mets got to steal, you know. They didn't trade a top six players in their in uh, top six prospects in their farm system, and they got the arguably the best shortstop in the game, just for just to just to dump money to Cleveland, you know. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a pretty good trade to me. Actually, you want to hear something funny, uh, Jeff? Yeah, let me hear it. Do you know who is the owner of the Cleveland Indians? Okay, I do. I know way you know it. Is it? Is it Dolan? It, yeah, Dolan's brother. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think his name James. No, Paul Dolan. James James Dolan's obviously the next one. I, Paul Dolan is the owner, I think. I was looking at. Uh, I was on Twitter. I was just looking at the like the mess trending or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was. It said something about like Dolan, and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, what? The, how, how does he own the New York Knicks and like a team in a different state or something? Yeah. Like, that was my thinking. No, nah, it's his brother, which is See, funny I didn't enough. Know it was his brother. Cleveland, you know, Knicks fans hate James Dolan, obviously. Yeah. The Indians freaking hate Paul Dolan just as much. He's horrible, but that's that has nothing to do with us. That's it's a good thing he sucks, right over there. Yeah. You get a superstar shortstop. I mean, so, so I was like reading discussion from like Cleveland uh, baseball team fans, mm-hmm. and all of them were like talking mad shit about the owner. They were like, yeah, the owner just yeah. loves to cut costs and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to some friends from uh cleveland they're a cleveland fan and they're just pissed man they're they feel like how do you trade francisco which is fair you know how do you yeah. trade him it's very reasonable to think that but they're furious and they're it's like the worst day of their life was yesterday and mm-hmm. i'm sitting here you know chilling happy best day of my life you know so it's just funny how one ma- the best day of someone's life is another person's worst day of their life or at least you know for baseball sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what this means for the Mets means that the Mets are trying to win now. Everybody else is kind of losing players and losing talent, and the Mets mm-hmm. keep adding. I think you can safely say the Mets are World Series contenders. Not to say that they'll win it, you know, their favorites or anything, because the Dodgers are still great. They won it last year. They stacked team. Padres making a lot of moves. They're a great team. The Braves in our division are a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. But I think... The Lindor trade, you upgrade, you get a superstar at shortstop, you get a good st- a starting pitcher with the Mets needed, you're getting Syndergaard back who's coming off Tommy John, he's going to be a plus when he gets back. I think the Mets are World Series contenders. Now, if they go out and add, if they continue to add, get a center fielder, get a lefty in the bullpen, maybe one more starter, I think you can very, very safely say that the Mets could be um, World Series favorites. That's how that's that's how far this trade puts them up over the top, you know? Yeah. Which is great, you know. Past 20 years, Mets really haven't been good, you know. They were good in the 90s, early 2000s, but kind of fell off. Went to the World Series 2015, hasn't seen any relevancy since, really. 
you know, one wild card game in 2016 lost. So, mm-hmm. you know, new owner, new fan, uh, new GM. Sandy Aldis is back. Francisco Lindor is back. A lot of excitement with the Mets. They make us the biggest splash in the offseason. I don't think there will be there could be any trade that would be splashier than this one. So a lot of excitement for the Mets. I'm, I really want the baseball season to start right now so I can watch Francisco Lindor play. But, I'll, you know, I'll wait, you know. And that's all I have to say. You know, the Mets, they're in great position. Uh, anything to add, Jeff? Or? I mean, I was just thinking, like, like, the, like you said, the trade is really, you know, not that great if Francis, if, if uh, Lindor decides to leave, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like y'all have to put something um, around. Um, you're going to have to put a good team around them that makes them want to stay is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, the Mets definitely have a good team. Yes, for sure. And he he just puts them over the top, you know. So yeah, I mean to go from Cleveland, small market team, and he's he's been vocal about uh, ownership not spending. You know, yeah. he's like we should spend more, we should spend more, and you know he kind of got made the money it. too. Yeah. So he he in a press conference once he laughed. He's like uh, a reporter asked him. He was like, "Do you think that Cleveland Indians should spend more?" And he laughed and he was like, "Yeah, I think so. yeah, just spend more, yeah." So mm-hmm. now he goes from the Cleveland Indians who don't spend to the Mets who are spending a lot of money this offseason. So hopefully, you know, that um, favors the Mets in trying to resign. And they say, hey, look, we're spending. We got a billion dollar, $14 billion owner. Don't worry. Just sign here long term. You're in good hands. We're going to build a team around you. It's New York. You're the face, superstar, everything. You know, the lights are on you. Hopefully he, you know. You never know, but hopefully, you know, he appreciates that. For sure. All right. I think we're done with the Mets for now. We'll probably talk about them more at a different time. Maybe after the press conference next week, right? Because the press yeah. conference is Monday. Probably do a pod after that, talk about it a little bit. So let's make the switch from baseball to football. You want to start off? Yeah. Um, you want to start off with uh, Deshaun Watson? Yeah, we should talk about Deshaun Watson, I think, right now. All right, so I mean, Deshaun Watson unhappy with the situation in Houston, which I can't blame him. <laughs> no, you cannot at all. Like you trade one of the best receivers in the league, and mm-hmm. someone who was the top three receiver of the year before he got traded, mm-hmm. and get rid of him, and then when the your superstar of the team, he's besides JJ Watt, he's pretty much the face of that team. Mm-hmm. And he asked you to get an offensive coordinator that someone that Patrick Mahomes recommends to him. I'm pretty sure was what was happening there. Mm-hmm. And you don't even give him an interview, like you don't even try. And you're pretty much spitting in this guy's face. Yeah. And like, how old is Deshaun Watson? 25 now. Uh, 25. Yeah, 25. Or, yeah. So he's 25, young, had a, had his best season I think this year. Yeah, best season. 4,823 yards, 33 TDs, 7 interceptions, pretty much highs and everything. And, I mean, you just don't give him what he needs and what he wants to be happy after you give him that big contract. Of course, he's going to want to leave. And one of the places that people are speculating him to go is uh, the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. How, do you, uh, how do you feel about Deshaun Watson on the Giants? So, I think a lot of the rumors with the... Watson to the Giants. I think that's mostly media and fan speculation. 
I don't think mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. real. I don't think that's a real. I don't think they match up real well because, like you said, Deshaun Watson's a franchise quarterback, uber talented, making a lot of money right now. Signed the extension. So I was thinking, what it would probably take to to get Deshaun Watson, what a team would probably have to offer to get him if they do decide to trade him. You know, then the day it's the Texans. No matter how much he wants out, up to the Texans if they trade him. So, you know, I look back at the Khalil Mack trade. Superstar pass rusher. He's a great player. We all know Khalil Mack. And they traded the the Browns. The, I'm sorry. The the Bears traded three first round picks to the Raiders for him. And that's a pass rusher, you know? Yeah. So to get a franchise level quarterback who you know is a superstar in the NFL, I think you're going to three first round picks is the minimum. I think mm-hmm. it might be three first round picks, a, like a, a really good young player, and maybe another second round, third round pick or something like that. A day two pick, high third day two pick. And I don't think the Giants are in the market for that right now. I think they're better off continuing the development of Daniel Jones and using those draft picks to put a better team around them. You know, get a receiver, get a pass rusher, get them in the corner, um, and, and use the money in the cap that you would pay Deshaun Watson. Because Daniel Jones still in his rookie year and not really paying him anything right now. Yeah. Use that money to bring back guys like Leonard Williams, who had a career year, 11 and a half sacks for you. Dalvin mm-hmm. Tomlinson is a fan favorite. Everybody loves Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, and some other guys who are going to be free agents got to retain. And, you know, I don't personally think the Giants are in the market for Deshaun Watson. Listen, if they gave him up for free, <laughs> you know, I would. Give him I, a Francisco Lindor trade? Yeah, I would, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll give him away for free. I don't think they're cutting payroll like the Cleveland. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the big things. He's, it's a big contract to take on. And we got so many players that we need to sign and shit like you just said. And also, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not in, I'm not ready to give up on Daniel Jones. We saw what happened with... I mean, I don't want to compare two different people, but it's like you see what happens with uh, Josh Allen where he has a very pedestrian season last year and then this season he has damn near MVP performance, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I feel like with football, it's so much harder to force a trade than it is for, like, basketball. Because, I mean, you see what Kawhi Leonard did. He just he just wasn't playing. Andrew, uh, Anthony Davis did the same thing. Paul George forced a trade and shit like that. I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to do in football, it feels like. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's pretty much it. I, I don't think we're going to get Deshaun Watson. I think he would be a better fit in a different team in New Jersey. Oh yeah, what team is that? Uh, the well, the 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 new New York Jets. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty good there. They probably have a, a a decent enough package to get him. Yeah, I mean they have second round pick, and they wanted to get a QB anyway with this draft pick, right? They wanted mm. to get Trevor Lawrence, but they fucked that up somehow. Mm. I mean, if you really want a new quarterback. If you're done with Darnold, might as well just, you know, fuck around. Try to see what you can get for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, pretty good quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty good is, uh, you know, understatement. Understand. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, Deshaun Watson, great. Not a good fit for the Giants. What do you think yeah, the no. odds are right now? That What do you think chances are he gets traded to any team? Um, I think I read a report somewhere that Houston is trying to keep Watt and Watson right now? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. So, I mean, I don't really think he's going anywhere. Especially because he just signed this new contract. 
for sure. You think you don't think he can force his way out? No, I don't think so. I mean, when's the last time you heard of an NFL playing like a NFL player forcing themselves out of a team? Mm-hmm. Maybe Le'Veon. No, not not even Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown. Well, he, he got himself he, out the Raiders. He was just—he was something else. <laughs> he didn't—he was something else. Antonio Brown. He caught a touchdown. Um, with the uh, Bucks uh, week seventeen. He looks pretty good, but you know. Yeah, I know, but not the. I'm Sean saying Martin. like he. Yeah, it's it's very hard in the NFL to force yourself out of a team. You can even argue uh, that hurt uh, Antonio Brown's career forcing his way out of Steelers. Yeah, I mean, you know. exactly. The way he went about it hurt his career. Yeah. It took him so long to get back into the league. Like, it's, it's damn near impossible. <laughs> All right. Since we're talking about uh, Sean Watson and his fit on the Giants, let's talk about some breaking news. Not really breaking. It happened earlier in the week, but Patrick Grimm signs the extension to, to remain the offensive coordinator for the Giants for the next, I think it was two or three years. Do you remember the deal? I think it's three years. Yeah, I think it was three years. And when I saw that um, on Twitter, I was, I was happy. I was, I was really happy because I was, I was genuinely scared that he might go get a head coaching job somewhere. And yeah. obviously, you know, obviously, Giants fans, the defense played great, and it's you can attribute that to uh, Patrick Graham and his his system. So you didn't really want to see him leave, you know. And I thought it was funny that. It, a report came out and said the Jets wanted to interview him. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, a couple, like, 20 minutes later, he signs the extension with the, with the Giants. It was, it was funny. He was like, no, 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 no. I want to stay here. No, I mean, when I got, when I, I think right after we recorded the first episode. Yeah, it was. There it was, was a report, Monday. There was the report that's like, oh, yeah. Um, fucking other teams are interviewing Patrick Graham. And I was like, oh, no, not like this. I don't, I don't want to lose him already. He's playing so good. Coaching. I mean, he's coaching so good, and like mm-hmm. our defense is playing so good, but then you know, we got the notification that uh he decided to resign, and that was fucking spectacular. Can I say yeah. something? Yeah, go ahead. For all the Twitter GMs out there that just shit on, I like I'm not a big Dave Gettleman fan, but there's some people that just shit on him like constantly, you know, and that there was like I remember last year there was reports that like. Head coaching candidates wouldn't want to work with him, and he can't attract free agents and stuff. But look, I think uh, he, with the Joe Judge hire and the culture and the Giants change, and look, people want to play for us. You know, the Logan yeah. Ryan extension and Patrick Graham doesn't want to leave. He could, he can potentially get a head coaching job somewhere. And he said, oh, "No, yeah. I, I'd rather stay, build something with the Giants, start building something here, something special with the defense." And I thought that really. Um, speaks to the the culture the culture that the Giants are trying to build. Yep, I agree. And uh, it's really good that he decided to stay. I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's another part of our coaching. Another uh, coordinator on the market, maybe. Yeah, that might be leaving. Who I think, if he left, I think we'd be happy. You I know? mean, this is the thing we talked about it last week, or I mean, fucking this week that uh. If Jason Garrett leaves, right, then D- Daniel Jones is in his third offensive scheme in three years. Mm. And to me, I feel like that's what ruins, like, new quarterbacks. Because first year he had to learn a scheme. 
okay, he got the coach gets fired. Now he has to relearn something else, and then he has to relearn something else again. It's like every year it's something different. And I don't think that's good for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know how I feel about Jason Garrett if he stays or leaves. Listen, I'm I'm in the boat where it's not good to have continuity for the sake of continuity. Mm-hmm. Like if something's working, you should change it, not keep it broken for X amount of years because you want to have some kind of continuity. Yeah. Okay. So, I you know we said it before we don't think. The the reason the Giants were thirty first or thirtieth in offense strictly because Jason Garrett, you know, there's a bunch of different things. The old line was young and new, and things around COVID and everything, like late training camp and not having a real impact receiver and your tight end, and just mm-hmm. uh, slaps the ball up in the air every freaking game for an intel. You know, so I think, like we said in the last part, I think there's a realm where Jason Garrett, if he stays and you. Give him a, a weapon or two and get Saquon back, then the offense can really be good. But I think best case scenario, he gets a head coaching job somewhere else because I don't think they'll fire him. I don't think yeah. he'll do that. You know, best case scenario, he gets a job somewhere else. We replace him, you know, with Joe Judge's guy, whoever that may be, whatever connection he may have. Maybe a college guy. He's pretty connected in the college scene, apparently. So I think that would be best case scenario. You know, what do you think about it, actually? I mean, the way you said it, like, uh, continue, continue, what, is, what the fuck you said? Continuity. Saying? Continuity for the sake of continuity isn't always good, and that's true. But, mm. you know, you also said that, like, you know, he's not, he's not the sole reason that we were not one of the best offenses in the league. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would be okay with giving him another, like, year or two, at least, before we're, like... You know, get the fuck out of here. But, I mean, if he leaves now, I'm not going to be, like, crying about it, you know? Like, if Patrick Graham left, it would have been terrible. You would have been crying, right? Yeah, I would have been crying for that. But, I mean, fucking Jason Garrett leaves. I mean, eh, you know. It's going to suck, but we'll just replace him. Potentially get better on the offensive, yeah, exactly. offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, th- I think there's a decent chance that the Chargers um, give him the job because I don't know the Chargers they do things differently over there I don't know what it is <laughs> they just you know they they you know think differently than the rest of the world yeah so I I think it you know actually I think it might it could be a good fit for them but I don't know I think I think it, it, there's a decent chance that he actually does go to the Chargers and they offer him the job okay yeah I can see that so. Talked about Graham extension. Talked about Jason Garrett uh, coaching uh, opportunities, interviews, Sean Watson. So let's talk about what's happening this weekend, the Sunday. So we got super wild card weekend. That's what they call it now. Yes, sir. Super wild card. Not regular wild card. Super wild card. Uh, Made me weekend. a little nervous when I first heard the name. I was like, oh, 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 oh. wild are we getting now? <laughs> it's just uh, everybody makes it into the plan. Super. Yeah. Alright, so we're going to do our pickums. We're going to say who we think is going to win. And let's start it off with first game. Colts at Bills. What do you think? Tomorrow, actually. Saturday. Yep, tomorrow, um, 1 o'clock. Uh, yep. Um, I think uh, I think the Bills are going to take it. I think it's going to be... Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy. But I, I definitely see the Bills taking it out over the Colts. Yeah, I I think a cold weather team like the Bills 
they're at home. It's going to be cold. It's going to be freezing. They got Josh Allen playing at a MVP level type, you know, caliber player. And, you know, I don't really like the Colts were good. They're a good team. Their defense is pretty good. But I don't think Philip Rivers, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think he pulls one with this Bills defense. I don't think he I don't think he they get it done. If the Colts want any chance to win, they're gonna have to um have to gr- ground and pound and they're gonna have to run the ball and control the time of possession. Yeah, but, they also got they gotta figure out a way to stop uh Josh Allen. Yeah, they're gonna have to definitely swinging it. And running it on with his yeah. feet. So I think Bills are favorite, right? Yeah. I think yeah. I think I think Bills uh not because they're favorites, but I think they just a good matchup for them right now. Yeah, they they're coming in hot. Was a four game win streak, I think. Yeah. So I mean, I don't they, see why they shouldn't win. They spanked the Patriots, right? Oh, I'm the, sorry, six game win streak. I apologize. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I think the Bills are second best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Behind, behind, I think kind of obvious, but Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm really high in the Bills. They're a New York team, you know, not really, but they're a New York team. I'm, all, I'm rooting for them. I'm, yeah, I, I like Josh Allen. For sure. And Sean McDermott, the head coach, is doing a hell of a job up there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what the fuck he injected Josh Allen with in the offseason, mm-hmm. but it's fucking working. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next game is Rams versus Seahawks. 440 tomorrow, so which is Saturday. Uh, I think this is kind of an easy one. You know, who do you got? Uh, I got John Wolford and the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Beating the 12-4 and Seattle Seahawks. I don't think you really do, man. No, I don't. (laughs) I got got Seattle winning. Yeah, me too. Not much to talk about. No golf. Even if they had golf, golf's an average quarterback. I don't. I think Seahawks. They're going to win, yeah. So that's an easy one. I think that's a blowout. Unless Goff, unless Goff actually plays, which I don't think he is. I think they ruled him out. But if he does play, I think that's the only way this game would be somewhat interesting. Yeah, that's going right. to be uh, the. I think this might be like one of the, that might be the worst game that we get this week. And the second worst game of the week is probably the next one, right? Tomorrow, at eight fifteen, Bucks versus Washington. We still got the game on Sunday. We got to talk about. Oh, I think I know what game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Tampa but, versus the Washington football team. At home, the seven and nine at home <laughs> Washington football team. First thing, what did the Bucks finish? Ten and six. I I think eleven and five. Did they really finish? 11? Yeah, they did finish eleven and five. All right, good for them. Yeah, uh, so, who you got? I got uh Tampa Bay winning it. Another team coming in hot into the playoffs. Um, what is it? Four game win streak coming in hot. I think they're just. I think the offense is officially like clicked for them, and I mean they look good. I think it's another team that does have a chance at the bowl to win it all. Yeah, I think past couple of weeks, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and that offense really figured things out. They're on a roll. They're they're red hot. I I don't see. I don't see the Redskins pulling this off. I think if they can get you know the one weakness, of Tom Brady. How do you beat Tom Brady? Got to sack him, right? And they got some pretty good edge rushers. They got Chase Young and Montez Sweat running after him. But if they don't get after him, if 
Tom Brady has time, I think it's going to be a wash. I don't, I can't, I can't envision if they're not getting to the Tom Brady and they're not knocking him on his butt for the entire game. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with you there. And plus, the Bucks have so many weapons. I don't think, I don't know if the back end can cover all these guys. Yeah, yet. they got Brown, Godwin, Evans, Gronk, uh, Fournette, uh, the other running back. Um, got his name. Uh, whatever, but they—I don't think they. I, I think uh, I think Bucks win by maybe like fourteen or seventeen. I think it's gonna be that kind of a yeah. Do you remember that one year in the NBA before they changed the uh, the seeding rules? Mm-hmm. It was like every division winner would have a top four seed, mm-hmm. and so what was it? Portland was like a fucking a little bit over five hundred or some shit, and they yeah. were like the fourth seed, and they had like. And I think because of that, the Clippers had to play the Spurs, and the Spurs were like a fucking almost 60-win team at, the, at like the sixth seed or some shit like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And then that crazy-ass game seven. Yeah, it just made me think about that. Washington having home field advantage on that game. That It was Portland, right? Yep. I think Portland. I think I think I remember that year. I think they were like 43 wins, right? Something like that, yeah, but they won the division. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other team won like 60 games, and they were like – yeah, but I mean that gave us that amazing uh, Spurs Clippers series, which is really good. That was a good series. All right, next game, Ravens uh, versus Titans on Sunday, one o'clock, one o five. Uh, this is the I think the only one we disagree on. Who we got? Um, uh, yeah, I'll start it off. I got the Ravens. Uh, the I Ravens. think the Titans. That you know. It's a rematch from last year, and the Titans played out of their mind. They played great in the upset the Ravens, but I think in the round two, you know, I think the Ravens come out top. I think Lamar's really hit his stride. He's playing like he did a year ago when he won the MVP. And I don't really, I'm not a, I don't like the way the Titans are looking this year. I don't know something about them. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I when you compare them to the Ravens, I think the Ravens are red hot. I mean, like you said, it's a. It was an upset last year, but I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's the same this year. I think it's two evenly matched teams now. They got a two thousand yard rusher on their team. Tannehill wasn't even having a bad season. He was having a pretty solid season. Yeah. I mean when you have a fucking two thousand yard rusher, he had a pretty yeah. good season. I don't I think, think it's gonna be I mean the, I think the only thing the Titans is that not a good defense. I think they're like fucking they're average. Like no, 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 they're bad, I'm pretty sure. I, I think I checked this earlier. But they're, like, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Give me one second. Let me just make sure. Yeah, they're 28th in total yards, 29th passing, Oof. 19th rushing, 24th in points, and dead last in third down conversion defense. <laughs> they, I knew – I thought they were, like, 17, 18, but that's bad. I didn't know they no. were that bad. I know they were I mean, struggling. I mean, they Derrick gave, Henry's just, you know. Yeah, I know they gave Jadavion Clowney that contract, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah? That was the- – <laughs> That was a bad signing by them. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about him this year either. I think the key to this game will be if the Ravens can somehow slow down. Not stop, because I don't think they can stop Derrick Henry, but somehow slow him down and, yeah. and let Tannehill beat you. And I think if they do that, they'll probably have a good chance of winning. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. So I think, I, I think I'll take, I'll say Ravens win by four. Oh, you're giving scores now. Yeah, I think 20, 
Seven twenty four Ravens. All right. Well, now, well, you said four, and now you said three. I don't. Know, you're making me confused. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. All right. Well, I'll say twenty seven twenty four Titans. <laughs> yeah. You, you stole my thing, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, we'll see. We'll see who hits the field goal at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Whoever has the ball at the end. Uh, so that's Ravens and Titans. Next game is, let's see. The next game at 440 is Bears and Saints. Uh, yeah, I, think, I, mean, I think this is the game you were uh, referencing before, right? Yeah. Uh, dome game, Drew Brees at home. I don't know. I don't see. Uh, I don't see how the Bears have really any shot in this. I think this game is going to be even worse than the Tampa Bay Washington game because, like you said, big problem that Washington has for Tampa Bay, like the solution, I guess, is the edge rushers. But I don't really. I mean, the Bears still have Khalil Mack and shit, but the defense uh, isn't inspiring like it was before, right? Yeah, I don't really see them beating the Saints, but I also wouldn't be surprised. With the Saints luck, yeah. I Like, it sounds like I'm being flip-floppy, so I just come out right no matter what, but I really wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a pass uh, interference call at the last second of the game yeah, <laughs> and the right? Saints lose again, or Stefan Dick catches something down the sideline. <laughs> he so, just comes into the game, he's like, yeah. Hey, Allen Robinson, just the freaking Miracle Bears. Yeah, that would be something. But I, I think that's in the past. I think this is uh, Drew Brees' last year in the Dome at home, not inspired by Trubisky or Foles or whoever the hell is quarterback for them. Mm. Yeah. I don't think they, I don't think uh, Nagy can scheme a way to win this game. I really don't. I think this is the Saints game to lose. I think they'll win pretty confidently. I think I'll have them. Um, I think I'll probably put it. 30 to 17, Saints. 30 to 17. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good score. Pretty fair. I think that one of the Bears touchdowns will probably be in garbage time. Yeah, probably. So, we both got the Saints? Yep, yeah. And potentially the best game in the uh, in Super Wildcard uh, weekend. Bear, uh, Browns versus Steelers. At eight fifteen on Sunday night. Yep. What you? What I do you got? got? Uh, I got the Browns winning it. Hmm. Uh, first year in the playoffs in how long now? Uh, twenty years. Okay, so I mean, they got they're they're playing for something, you know. They have something they want to play for. They're playing against division rivals, who, if I'm being honest, don't look as strong as everybody's making them out to be. Hmm. Now, Pittsburgh did blow out the Browns earlier in the season. I think like week five or six. It was like really, really bad. Yeah. But in the last week of the season, do or die game for Browns. They came up. They beat uh, the Steelers by two. And now they got to play them right next week. I mean, it's like a best of three series at that point. I think the Browns are going to take it. I think they're ready. They're hungry to be in the playoffs. They don't have anything. They have a good team. I think the uh, I think they're gonna make it past the Steelers. Yeah, I think Kevin Stefanski, the head coach for the Browns, I got I think he's really got these guys buying in. I think mm-hmm. he's doing a hell of a job. I think the offense is finally clicking and Baker Mayfield's stepping up his game and he's he's being more than just a game manager. He's actually making throws out there. 
looking good. They got a great uh, rushing, uh, two running backs rushing rushing the ball. Yeah, they got Kareem Hunt and Chubb, obviously. The O-line's much improved. They still got weapons on the outside. They got Austin Hooper and and um, the other tight end they have. Um, you remember the big one? That the forgot his name. Uh, the uh-huh. people listening Brian? probably know. Oh fucking no! No, and Joku. There you go. Oh him. Yep. Yep. Their defense is still good. They got their defense good. I th- I, I think the Steelers are overrated. Yep. I know they bl- I know they blew them out. I know I know they blew them out, but. In football, things are week to week. The Browns are not the same team that they were back when they got blown out. Things are different. Baker Mayfield's hot. They're hungry. They just ended a seven, eighteen year drought, whatever it was. I like the Browns only because I think they're hungry and they buying into what Stefanski's doing. And I'm I'm not too inspired of how Steelers ended their season and their offense has really died down and they struggled to move the ball. I think they'll probably struggle to move the ball again this week. Um, and I like the I like the Browns as an upset. Yeah, I mean Steelers are one in five in their last five. Six. No five. No. One in five in their last five. One in four and one in four in the last. No, yeah, one in four in their last five. I'm sorry. Okay, there you All go. Right. One in four in their last five. So I mean, they're not coming in hot. They started eleven and zero, and then the Washington Football Team. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them, but it all came crumbling down after that. So I think the Steelers are. I don't know how good they're gonna do. What's the you chances? Know. Uh, what do you think the chances of Juju dances on the logo? I don't think he's gonna do that anymore because I think he, he. I think he learned his lesson after he got rocked. He can't do it anyways because he's at home. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, he's, Corvette, talk, he's still Corvette, talking right? shit though. Yeah, he, he said he's still talking shit about the Browns. So I yeah, mean, yeah, Juju needs to shut up and try to get, try to break a thousand yards this year. Yeah. When was the last time he, at this point? What was the last time he broke a thousand yards? His rookie year? Uh, I don't think. I don't even think his rookie year, to be honest. You know what I find funny? Mm. So, his last time he broke a thousand yards. I'm looking. I'm pretty sure mm. he never did. But I, I find it funny that Juju's Juju's uh, career is kind of taking a downward trajectory since. Antonio Brown called him Boo 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 Smith Booster or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He called him Boo Boo Smith Tuesday or something like that, and his career yeah. just plummeted after that. Antonio well, the thing Brown. is, I mean, his best season was definitely that first season with Antonio Brown. Yeah, and, I think, but it's, it's because everyone's. I mean, it's Antonio fucking Brown. Everyone's double teaming him, so Juju had a lot more looks that season than when he had to become. You know, wide receiver one. Mm. You know, now everyone's looking at him, and I think he's kind of getting exposed. Yeah. Not to I, say that he's bad or anything. He's good, but, but he's. I think he's a number two, or he needs he needs a one B next, a two B next him or something. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not a guy that. You know, you just you just game plan for him, and you just always throw it to him, even in double team. You know, he's not he's not a true number one. I don't think. I think yeah, he's I a agree. Really good number two. I agree. He um, actually did so, break a thousand oh, yards. Twenty eighteen. Oh, oh really? Yeah, fourteen hundred. Oh shit! I don't remember that. Last in twenty nineteen, he was only five hundred receptions receiving yards. But ben, mm-hmm. Big Ben was hurt, understandably. And this yeah. year, only eight hundred and thirty-one. That's not that good. Nine touchdowns though. That's a lot. So yeah, definitely. 
Do you have a prediction on the score here? I think it's going to be a close game. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be close because the last game was, what, 24-22? Um, I can see, like, fucking, I don't know. Like I th- 24-21, maybe. Something close to the last score, too. I think it might be a little, not high scoring, but I think you're going to get, I think it'll probably be, like, 30 to 20. 26, 27. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, I think it'll be no like 30, 26, 27. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I think it's it's gonna be in a field goal range. I think it's gonna be a little high scoring. I think uh I think it's gonna be a real uh a lot of running the ball this game. And then fourth quarter people they're just gonna start slinging it. That's I I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It, there's a good chance that this game ends up being a very low scoring game, but for some reason, both times they played, it's kind of been a high-scoring game. So, Steelers blew them out, and then Browns, and they kind of went back and forth. I think, I think there's some bad blood here. There's going to be a lot of offense. That's just my opinion. So, I think that wraps up the pickums. Uh, we talked about the Francisco Lindor trade and the effect on the Mets. We talked about Sean Watson and his rumors and his fit on the Giants. We both agreed he, there wasn't a good fit. Patrick Graham's contract extension, Jason Garrett potentially leaving, uh, Pickham's super wildcard weekend this week. Very exciting to watch. Uh, I think it's a good place to wrap up, right? Nah, nah. I got nah? some more things to talk about, yeah, really quick. Really? Yep. All right, what do you have? I want to talk about uh, the all-pro selections that came oh, okay. out today. Okay, okay. Uh, it's going to be quick because there's no Giants players on there. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, some Giants players that deserved it, Leonard Williams, uh, Blake Martinez, I think they both got criminally undervoted in this. I think they both only got two votes. Mm, I don't know. I think, I I don't know if they should have made it, but I think they deserve more recognition for what they did this season. I think uh, Leonard Williams not making it was very, very shocking. Yeah. I thought for a fact, 11 and a half sacks, guy has so many QB pressures and quarterback hits and all this. I thought he was going to make it. If not first team, second team, I thought he would get the second team all pro, but mm-hmm. he didn't get that. I think DeForest Buckner got it, I believe. Um, I thought, right. yeah, I don't. I was shocked. I thought he. If he even even if he didn't win the second uh second vote second place one, I thought he'd get more votes than two. Yeah, I two thought votes that was criminal. I thought that was a little disrespectful for the year he put together, and he's gonna get a big contract at the end of the year, uh, either with the Giants to stay or maybe with another team. I hope with the Giants because he's a good player, and we need good players. Yeah, definitely. So, so I thought that was shocking. Blake Martinez never gets the credit he deserves, even back when he was on the Packers. He's a very good football player. Captain of the defense. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Blake just one day he'll get the recognition, hopefully. Yeah, we and, can we can hope. Yeah, and Bradbury not making it. I mean Xavier Howard played great this year and uh Jair Alexander played great, so the fact that they won and and Bradbury didn't I I can understand that. I thought he'd get more votes though. Again. I thought it was a little disrespectful that both of them got what, two votes or something or one vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they'd get more. I thought they'd be like in tens or something. So 
20, you know, 15, 17. But. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, what are we, 53 minutes? All right. One more thing before we go. Yeah, this is this is overtime right now. Let's go. Fr- Friday night Knicks. Oh, we're talking Today. about the Knicks? Okay. Yep. Against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. The Knicks are two and a half point favorites. The first time they've been favorites since 2016, I think. Is that true? Yeah, the first time they were favorites in the game since like 2016 or something. Maybe 2017. Unbelievable. Okay, so, I mean, what, what do you think? How do you think this game is going to go? What do you think? Let's, I, what do no. you think about the players? You haven't talked about the Knicks yet. It's been, it's been, been too I, long. I'll try to squeeze it in. So, I think Julius Randle, as much as MVP, fans, as much as as much you're right, as much as uh, fans hated him and wanted to get him out of here for a bag of chips, he's playing absolutely great at an MVP level, definitely All Star level, playing like an MVP, really good, averaging almost a triple double a game. RJ's improved. He's struggling a little bit with the shooting, but for the most part, he's improved at the free throw line and around the rim. And his playmaking is still good. I think that boy quickly is a consideration for rookie for rookie of the year if he gets more minutes. Tom Thibodeau, I know you want to play everybody 44 minutes a game, but you got to get quickly in the in the game more. Got to get more than, I think he played like six or seven minutes last game. Understandably, Alfred Payne was doing good, but get that boy in there. Um, and just, I always want to credit Tom Thibodeau. I mean, the guy's a great head coach. I mean, I, you know, remember David Fisdale? Everybody's shitting on the, the Knicks for uh, how do you fire him? He's a good head coach. He's the Knicks. It's a scapegoat, whatever. Same roster, pretty much, right? Julius yep. Randle, Mitch, RJ, all, Kevin Knox. All these guys are still back, right? And look yep. at the difference coaching makes in basketball, you know? So I think I've said this before, not on the podcast, but I've said this before, that the problem with New York teams is bad coaching hires and not getting a leader event in here. And I think the Knicks finally got it. Tom Stable got these guys playing defense, got these guys playing hard, got these guys beating beating the Bucks, beating the Pacers, beating Cleveland, beating Hawks. I mean, those are pretty good. And beating uh, Utah, I mean, those are good teams. Yeah, I, I know Cleveland's not – Considered to be good, but they were hot. They were four and one at the when we beat them, or three and one, four and one, three and one, whatever. So Tom Thibodeau got these good boys playing hard. Mando playing at MVP level. RJ playing at MVP level. I like them. I think they're gonna win tonight. I think, think Randall probably go for an, a fair another thirty point, fifteen rebound game, something like that. Uh, the Knicks, bro. New York basketball's back, baby, and I'm excited. So, so let me let me give you something to look forward to here. Mm. Julius Randall playing spectacular. Mm. I cannot deny this fact. Spectacular mm-hmm. basketball he's playing. I don't think he can sustain it, but I do think he will win most improved player this year. Yeah. Do you think he That's gets my a, prediction? Yeah, I think if he keeps playing like this, even if he regresses a little bit, like he can't sustain the I think he's averaging like twenty four this twenty three, twelve and seven point yeah. four. Mm-hmm. That's the exact stats I, I think, got you. I think he'll probably come down a little bit. But I mean, he's going to win if he keeps playing like this. I'll put it that way. And I think right. he'll guarantee All-Star this year if he keeps doing like this and the Knicks are winning. I mean, it's the East. Anybody can make the All-Star, you know, just saying. You know, I, I want to get a look. <laughs> I don't want to use the P word with the Knicks, but. Oh, no, don't say You're going to fuck I'm it not gonna use gonna it. Fuck I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. But I think the Knicks, I think they can uh, sneak in. They got a lot in. of P word. They, they can sneak in. uh 
in a in a well, I think ten teams make it. I think they can definitely get in. Okay. Okay, so you know you're saying Tom Thibodeau this, Tom Thibodeau that. Mm. What do you think about the minutes that R.J. and Julius Randle are playing? <laughs> Listen, if if the Knicks were losing, and Randle and R.J. playing 44 minutes, I'd be freaking mad. But they're winning. What can you say? They're winning. Tom Thibodeau Alfred has Payton yesterday. I'm sorry, I don't mean mm. to interrupt you. Alfred no. Payton, 41, 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson off the bench, 41 minutes. No, no he not starts, off the he bench. Starts. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. 41 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a lot of minutes to be played. And the big thing about Tom Thibodeau is that he runs players into the ground. Mm-hmm. I think... Do you, what do you think about that? I need to hear what you have to say about the criticism from me. Listen, if he, if the wins are coming in, so be it. I mean, I can't knock Tom Thibodeau because who does he, there's no... Who does he have to... Off the bench, I mean, Frank is Frank and Dennis Smith Jr. They're probably their careers are probably over. They're probably going to China. So, I mean, Amari Spellman's like lo- fat. Amari Spellman's <laughs> fat. He dick waved him because he's fat. And they brought in Taj Gibson, which I actually think it was a good pickup because he's played under Tom, and we needed another big to help, you know spell Julius or Mitch when they need a break. Yeah, but there's nobody on the bench. Alex Burks has been hurt. He's been our best player off the bench. We just Austin got back. Rivers, six oh. man of the year. For real, I mean, that, he had an electric game that fourth quarter race we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely electric. Um, got me jumping up and down. <laughs> yeah. So the Knicks are back. It's still early. It's still early in the season. We'll see how they keep playing. Let's get to the probably the All Star game and see where they at. Right. But yeah, okay. It, I think Knicks basketball is back. I think they're competent. I think they're an NBA team again. And they're not a shit show. I think they have a good chance of... Uh, and the, the, the games they've been winning, they've been impressive. It's impressive uh, competition. So, looking up for the Knicks, I'm very happy in the way they've been playing. Now, I'm sorry to bombard you with questions. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm waving my pen around. I feel like a real sports analyst here. I'm, I, I feel like I'm on call with a sports analyst right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Thank you, thank you. What happened to Frank? Frank, what happened? Knicks fans were so high on him for so long, talking about he's the the greatest defensive player in the world, talking about the the French fucking Tony Allen. I mean, what <laughs> happened to him? Where, uh, where did where did it go wrong for him? Why does nobody like him anymore? If you if you want a serious answer, I don't know if you, you want a joking answer, or a serious answer, but the serious answer is it went wrong when Phil Jackson drafted him. Right, and they fired Phil Jackson for drafting him, and they left um, people in charge that didn't want him in the first place. I think that's where it went wrong. You know, he 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 started off on the wrong foot from the get go. I mean, he had people against him, you know, from day one, which isn't his fault. He didn't draft himself, you know. So I think that's where it went wrong. He had, he's had enemies inside the organization that just don't like him and don't support him and don't believe in him from the beginning. The Knicks never truly try to develop him as anything more than that. They always bring in these vets to play over him, whether it's Alfred Payne, Jared Jack, Emmanuel Moutier, whoever. They always bring in someone to play over him, and they never let him ride. And I understand why fans get uh, mad when you know they don't play him. And and I understand like he's kind of an underdog, you know. Since the day he's drafted, he's been an underdog. Everybody's saying, "Who the hell's Frank? You wanted Dennis Smith." Who the hell is he? he? Sucks. He doesn't play offense. He's only good at defense, you know. So, 
I think that's why fans rallied around him because he's kind of an underdog and everybody blames him, which isn't his fault. He's a great guy, you know. But I think it started all his problems started back when the Knicks decided to fire Phil Jackson after the draft, you know. So what you're telling me is we're creating buzzworthy headlines here. Mm. I'm trying to get us sponsored. Mm. What you're trying to say is that the people inside the Knicks organization are racist. They are racist against French people. You're saying they hate French people. Phil Jackson, he he was an ally fighting for the rights of the French people in the NBA. Viva la France, right? <laughs> and and then, that's going to get us the ESPN sponsor right there. Nick's racist question mark. I'm ready to end the podcast right now. How about you? Uh, we had an hour and two minutes. It's a good time to stop. Uh, add a little Knicks for overtime just for you guys. You know, only because the Knicks were playing good, we added that. Mm-hmm. Very uh, spontaneous. That wasn't planned at all. So I think we could. I, I had to hit you with it. Yeah, uh, we. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, uh, anytime you want to ask me about the Rockets, I'm open. No, I will never ask you about the shitty Rockets. <laughs> I'll, how about this? I'll ask you uh, how you feel about James Harden wanting to trade. How how did I feel about James Harden wanting the trade? I'm wanting, trying to force his way out. See, this is what I'm saying. What I was talking about earlier. Mm. Star player. Mm. James Harden's a star, right? Without a doubt. Without he, a doubt. he can go clubbing and partying the whole offseason. Come in looking like fucking Grimace from McDonald's. And still <laughs> drop 40 points per game. And almost a triple double every fucking game because that's just the player that he is. Yep. Yeah, bro. Don't don't disrespect Grimace like that, bro. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I'm that... saying he doesn't even need. I mean, he just comes in. He's a baller. He does whatever he wants. You'd never trade that player, right? Mm-hmm. But in the NBA, you have so much power as a player that you can just force your way out and get these teams that would never trade you to ask for trades from other teams mm. which is something that I felt like Deshaun Watson couldn't do I, I'm you know full circle here anyway I was hurt I, I saw think, James Harden wanted to trade I was hurt yeah I think he stays the year and they trade him in the offseason I wouldn't be surprised you think he gets traded at the deadline no because mm. I don't think any of these teams I think it's too early for them to want to trade anybody mm. and like you want to see a full season with the team the thing is with the Nets, if you trade into the Nets, they're never trading James Harden unless they get Kyrie or KD in the trade. Which is not happening, probably. Yeah. The Heat, I think they wanted Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Which I think is something you were talking about, but it didn't end up going through. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you just went to the finals. I wouldn't. Why would you want to break up your team? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And then what was it? The Bucks? I mean, the fucking Bucks. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know who the Bucks are going to trade. They have two players, and that's it. Yeah. And I, I don't remember any other trade destinations. So, I mean, if Harden wants to leave, it's either he's going to have to go to a team that isn't as good as he wants them to be. Or, I mean, yeah, I, th- I, I don't think he can get traded to a, to a finals caliber team. Just like that. Because... The people that the Rockets are asking for are too important to those teams. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. But I think after this season, I think it's going to be. A, I think they're going to make a real push to trade him. Yeah, I think. You, I think right now it's 
because the salary crap and how that works in basketball is going to be hard to trade him at the deadline. I think you got, you know off season you got teams with money coming off the books. You have a you know a year to prepare for it. You know, prepare mm-hmm. offers and you know evaluate players on their team and who would they, figure out who they want to let go, who's expendable, who's not touchable. You know. Yeah. So I think a trade that big most likely will probably happen at the offseason next year. Yeah, definitely. Alright, this is that's it. It's final. We're gonna have to end the pod again too much. We talked about a whole lot. We talked about the Giants, we talked about Sean Watson, we talked about football playoffs, we talked about Jason Garrett. Um uh, uh we talked about the Mets. Baseball, Francisco. basketball, football, you get whatever you want from us. Yes, it's been an action packed podcast and I'm so happy I get to do this once a week. I'm enjoying it. Jav, you enjoying it? Yes, sir. Uh, it's great. Hope you guys are enjoying the pod. Uh, we'll see you probably Monday, right? Yep, Monday is the next day that we record. And then it goes up on Wednesday probably because I'm lazy with the editing. Yeah, but hope you guys enjoy. I uh, will see you Monday. Later. Yep.